This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jim Kawakami, the editor-in-chief of the... Very athletic Bay Area. Tim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami, who's covered the NBA for over two decades and more specifically the Golden State Warriors over the last 12 years. This is the TK Show. Everybody, Tim Kawakami here recording from the home studio. Great to have on as my guest on the TK Show. My good friend has has been a while, but it's really great to have back on the uh, the dean, maybe, of uh, Bay Area sports right now, I'm sure, but certainly one of the great ones. It's wow. Monty Poole. I know. What am I saying? That's Monty, <laughs> I must have some other guest on here. I, I clearly am confused. No, it's the great Monty Poole from NBC Sports Bay Area, a former colleague of mine and somebody uh, you all know so well, uh, the Warriors insider uh, for NBC Sports Bay Area. Monty, how you doing today? I'm doing okay, man. And when you call me the dean, I have to start thinking now who's been doing it longer than I am, <laughs> I have around here, and... I mean, Jenkins still writes occasionally. Yeah. Um, Scott Osler. Yeah, Osler. Osler wasn't here when I started, though. Exactly. He was in L.A. when I started. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> Blank, yeah. You might have to, it just popped in my head. Uh, <laughs> you, you are way up there, but the the, the force, the, the, the voice of so many different things. But, yeah, let's talk Warriors. That's, uh, that's who you're around a ton. We see each other at Warriors. Just big picture. We've seen them, you know, go ten and two recently. Ten and three after they lose to the Nuggets. Um, back, you know, kind of in the conversation. I'm not sure how much they're in any kind of title conversation. But, Monty, just what, what what have you seen from them? This new version and what's possible for them? They get Chris Paul back tonight. Uh, I guess Andrew Wiggins out. But where do you see this season headed after the kind of the turn they've made in the last few weeks? Well, I mean, they've obviously gotten better. Um, the return of Draymond Green has been a huge lift for this team. Um, I mean, their defense was just pitiful before Draymond came back. And, you know, he alone has not fixed it, but he alone has helped this thing go from a bottom five defense to a top 10 defense. And, you know, Draymond is such a communicator on that end, and he's just such a connector. He's one of those guys that when he's out there, his voice, um, the activity, 
that he displays on his good nights um, is something that you just don't see often in the in the NBA. Um, he's one of the best that I've ever seen at controlling a defensive possession uh, in multiple ways. <laughs> you know, he just does so many things. You might see him guard three or four people on one possession and still be able to get back, you know, and, and drop coverage if he needs to, you know. So, um, but, you know, people were worried about the Kaminga uh, Wiggins combo earlier, and it, it was bad. The numbers were bad. But to me, Draymond has helped that. But also what's helped that is Wiggins has decided, well, not decided maybe, but Wiggins is playing so much better now than he did a month ago, two months ago for sure. Um, so when I look at this team now, what's what's possible? Um, I think they are, well, first of all, the top four in the Western Conference is pretty much locked in. I don't know if any of those guys are going to drop to five. It just doesn't – they've separated themselves. Minnesota, OKC, obviously, you know, the Clippers. And those those three and then the defending champion Nuggets, um, take whatever order you want. But the Warriors are 2-12 and 12 against those guys. <laughs> so, to me, that tells me the Warriors' ceiling is probably – you know, they'll be tough. It'll be hard for them to get out of the first round. It'll be hard for them to escape the first round. Because they're gonna have to play one of those teams. Yep. You know, and Denver swept them. Minnesota is two and zero, oh, and they have one more game against the Wolves, which is in Minnesota. They're one and three against the Clippers, and one and three against the Thunder. So, the hope, if you're a Warriors fan, is that you get OKC, and maybe their the postseason newness for those guys might give the Warriors an edge. We've seen it before with Boston. You know, Boston a couple of years ago was really good in the regular season, really good. Um, but you can tell once they got to the finals with the Warriors that the Warriors knew the terrain, they knew the territory, they knew they knew what the play- playoffs were all about, and they certainly knew what the finals were all about. And you can see the Celtics didn't have the same sense of we we belong here, this is our spot. And I think that's certainly what helped the Warriors. Well, that and some strategic changes. Help the Warriors win that series. So, um, so I think if you're a Warriors fan, you got to hope that you get a team and and hope that that postseason experience um, is is sort of something that gives the Warriors a chance to win a first round series because they're not going to play the Sacramento Kings again this year. Yeah, they got they got the same thing with the Kings last season. Exactly, uh, exactly. And- that experience made it was a big factor, and even then, it took them seven games and a fifty point outburst from Mr. Curry. So um, I just have a hard time seeing them get it, make a deep run. Uh, even now, um, now there's still time for them to get better. And I think they will. Chris will help the second unit out quite a bit. I think his return will help Steph will stabilize things a little bit, but overall, yeah, I, you know, can they get to the top six? It's a long shot. It's a long shot, but that's their goal. Is it conceivable? Yes. Is it probable? I'd have to say probably not. But again, they got to beat all the teams they're supposed to beat. They got to win all the games against teams that they're battling for those top six spots with. They got they play Dallas three times. If Dallas sweeps them, good night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and they play the Lakers three more times. So or two more times rather now. So those are the teams that you got to look at and say, we've got to find a way to try and get past those those two teams because you're not seeing the top four anymore other than the one game against Minnesota. So yeah. I just don't see this team 
making a deep, deep run uh, unless they get a first round matchup that fits what they do and they can sort of um, play the, hey, we've been here before game and, and get an edge there. So I, I'm looking at this. I, I have the hard time getting them getting them past mid-May. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels like last season. I mean, oh, hey, they got to get out of the play and stuff, too. I mean, they're <laughs> at 10 now. now yeah. I think we can look at them maybe eight. They can get to eight. I've said they get the seven, eight game. That's partial success. They got to get through that, get themselves into the second or in, into the first round uh, and, and try to feel good about themselves. I, I think it's almost more launching towards next season. Now, you know, they're all a year older, but when you've got Kaminga on upward swing, you've got Pajemski. Um, we'll see what they can do with their kind of their financial maneuverings. I almost feel like a lot of this realistically is pointed towards next season. I don't know, Marty, you think that's kind of realistic. Like this is feel good about this, the ending here, kind of like, you know, the end of uh, 2021 when they went, you know, that, that nice run into the play and they needed yep. that run into play and losing play in, but they felt good about themselves. 15 and five. We kept hearing 15 and five. That spins right into the 18 and two start in 21, 22. They use that kind of good feeling to get there all the way to the title in 2022. Do you kind of feel something similar this season to try to build on this season to get them into next season? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I wrote this a few days ago is that, you know, I think the the, the number six, the sixth seed is going to have to be got 48 wins or, or more. Mm-hmm. You know, I, this is not a year where you can get in the sixth seed at 45. You're going to need more than that. And, and the Warriors, that means the Warriors have to win like, you know, 20 more games. <laughs> so mm-hmm. 19, 20 more games. And that's just going to be tough. It's going to be tough, especially when you look at most of the remaining games are on the road. Um, their schedule five, five back to back. Yeah, five back to backs. Yeah. yeah, their schedule is not difficult in terms of who they're playing for the most part. You know, they have a relatively soft schedule when you look at the opponents. Um, but when they get the Spurs twice, you know that that's going to help. They see the Trailblazers again, so these are going to help. But yeah, I think when you look at what the where the Warriors are now, um, this is not a championship team. That's that's pretty clear. <clears throat> but can they? Can they close nicely and maybe get to six or seven or eight and get into the playoffs? Then I think, okay, yeah, you make a little bit of a run, not a long one, but a little bit of a run. And then, you know, you build some momentum toward next season, which, you know, as Joe Laker said on, on your show, that, you know, there's going to be some changes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we expect that. So um, there has to be because the money is just not tenable when you look at. If you're Joe Laker, you're looking at this team's record and you're looking at how much you're paying out, <laughs> you're like, what are we doing here? So, um, yeah, I fer- certainly expect that this season, the way it the way it ends will have some uh, impact on where they go in the offseason. I still think they want to bring back Clay. Um, and the question is whether he wants to come back, and I believe he still does. Um, he seems to be growing into, growing, ad- adjusting to his new role which I think is he's better suited for now than, than, than he, than he might've thought he was at first. Um, When you think of six men, I think of guys like Jamal Crawford, guys like uh, Lou Williams. um, Those are traditional six men guys who come off the guys that when they get off the bench and head to the scorers table, the other team's defense goes, "Uh Oh, here he comes. Yep. You know, and Andre Godala was different. He was a different kind of six man. But I think Clay can be that guy, and he can win some games. 
with his shooting off the bench, just like you saw other guys do it before in the past, all the way back to Vinny Johnson, the microwave. Yep. <clears throat> so, so yeah, I think the outlook for next year could be better than the, than the outlook for this postseason. But, you know, they're the Warriors. And, and like, talking to people around the league, you know, they still come back to, yeah, but, you know, if you got Curry on your side, you have a puncher's chance. Yep. And that's true. In one round. every That's why I said, like, every <laughs> round they do. Now you start adding rounds. Yes. You know, how much of a puncher's chance you have to do it two rounds. How much, <laughs> like, you, you got to beat Mike Tyson and then Lennox Lewis and then Evander Holt. Like, can you do all three of those things? Uh, maybe, but they didn't last year, right? They didn't last, They had a puncher's chance, and the Lakers series was competitive, but they, the Lakers were the better team. Uh, yeah, I just thought the Lakers series, though, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, Clay was awful, yep. first of all. If Clay has an, a, an ordinary series for him, it changes things a bit. And I thought Steve didn't do his best job. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought there were some things. I'm still perplexed over why in game five in L.A. Game five? Yeah, uh, game, game five, five in was, L.A. Yeah. No, game four in L.A. Yeah, game, game four in yeah, L.A. Game five was in, in, back in San Francisco. Yeah, so, yeah game yeah. four in L.A. Uh, when Lonnie Walker the fourth. Mm-hmm. Lonnie Walker the fourth yeah. is eating you alive. And I, I I kept looking at the bench waiting for Gary Payton the second to get up, mm-hmm. and it never happened. And I'm thinking, this is what they this, this what they brought him over for. Mm-hmm. They traded for Payton at the deadline because they needed someone to come off the bench and provide some perimeter defense. And I thought this seems ideal situation for him, and it never happened. I thought I'm not sure what that was about, and I asked Steve about it after the game, and his answer was unsatisfying you know mm-hmm. i didn't understand that and then i heard somebody say well gp was sick earlier but i asked gp after this after that game that night in the hallway how you doing could you have played he goes yep i could have mm-hmm. played i was ready i was good to go so i just didn't understand that and i thought you gonna and he started game, he started game six too like yeah. you, i mean he I was, was in that let Lonnie walker take you out yeah. <laughs> that's what i thought so so, yeah, there was just a number of things in that series that I thought, yeah, Lakers were slightly better, but I thought the Warriors kind of helped them out with some of the decision-making, some of their decision-making and just um, the fact that, yeah, when you have Clay struggling, he did, and he just didn't, I mean, it, it was really bad when you went to L.A. Mm-hmm. It was awful down there, Clay was. So, you know, they had a lot to overcome and they couldn't do it. What do you think about Jonathan Kaminga? I mean, we, we've all seen his talent. We've all seen him kind of, struggle with the you know with the role with steve with steve kerr's expectations um where does he fit with these veterans what have you seen from this season maybe even just the last month or so we could even go back before when he wasn't playing he was out of the rotation a couple times yep. uh third year that's pretty late to be out of the rotation for as talented yeah. as he is for a team that was struggling kind of how, how have you viewed this whole development of, of John Kaminga in, in his third season with the Warriors? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Well, I, I think they now know that he can play in the NBA. I mean, and there were questions about that even last season. Mm-hmm. You know, is he ever going to be a player, a player? Um, and now you see, yeah, he can be a player. And the question is, how good can he be? Um, and if he keeps ascending and keeps learning, because it's pretty clear that he's learned some things over the past three years. The first couple of years, I was like, he's doing some of the, making some of the same mistakes late in year two that he made early in year one. You know, but he seems to have developed a little bit better feel for the game. You know, he's out there directing traffic at times, mm-hmm. you know, and it makes it's like JK couldn't do that. I only not even two months ago, I'm not even sure he could do that. Um, so I like what he's been able to bring this team because he gives them someone who can crash the paint and, and, and get a bucket or free throws. And they haven't really had that guy. You know, the guy who KD was that guy, you know, I mean, I'm not, not comparing the two <laughs> <laughs> aggregators, aggregators, let's yeah, go. Yeah. Monty not Pole. comparing the two, but KD was that guy who, okay. When the offense bogs down a little bit, give KD the ball and he'll find a way to get buckets, you know, whether it's, you know, from three, from two, from any one of the, you know, I guess you can say five levels with KD or go into the paint and get free throws. And, and JK can do that. Um, he's done it a number of times this season. And to me, that's growth. That's growth because before when he would do that, it would usually end up being an offensive foul. Yeah, he'd lose the ball or it, it would it would not be good. And it was an adventure. And now, yeah, on occasion it still can be, but that can happen to the best of them. But he can go in there now and actually make something good happen more often than not. So um, I like where he's going. I think the coaching staff – now believes in him, whereas, you know, they weren't sure about him not that long ago. <laughs> so Not that long ago. Not yeah, that long ago. And, and, um, and he seems to understand that, yeah, the three-point shot is something that he, he can take on occasion, but not a steady diet of that, man. You, that's not your game. Your game is to crash the paint, you know, go, go get your dunk uh, or go get your free throws or whatever it takes because uh, they don't have a guy who can do that, who gets to the line very often. And he can be a guy who gets to the line – seven, eight, nine, ten times a game if he if he forces the issue. And, and you know, his free throw shooting is, you know, not as bad as it once was. It's coming up. So, um, yeah, I, I think Kaminga is a guy 
I don't know if he's the guy that Joe Lacob thinks he is, you know, uh, but I look at JK now and I say, you know what? He's, he reminds me of a young, again, not comparing the two guys, <laughs> <laughs> but a young Giannis, mm. you know, young Giannis was, you know, he was kind of a train wreck at times out there. Mm-hmm. And you know, bull in a china shop, whatever you're gonna call it, he was that guy. He's like, man, if he ever pulls it together, man, this guy could be special. And he did eventually. Uh now he's not obviously as as big and long and rangy as Giannis. I mean, Giannis can take five steps and go from end to end, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, but JK's um desire to attack the rim is reminiscent of Giannis, early Giannis. Giannis has refined his enough to where when he comes down the down the pike, you don't want to get in his way. Um, and JK, again, he doesn't have the, the quite the length. You know, Giannis is 6'11, JK is 6'7. Uh, Giannis is 250, 242, 250. Gian, JK is 225. So he's not as big, but his men, mentality on offense often seems to mirror what Giannis was like in his early career. And um, he still has time to get there. I mean, Giannis didn't become a star, star, star until like fourth year, you know? And so, and now obviously he's one of the top five players in the league. So uh, I don't know if JK can get to that level. I don't know if he can get to that level, top five. I don't, I don't see that. But again, if he keeps growing, who knows? How do you think that the, the Kerr kind of uh, dealing with the young players, Wiseman didn't work, obviously. Kaminga had been bumpy. Moody now is completely out of the rotation. And I know Warriors fans do not like that. Um, you think this Kerr's approach needs to be different? I mean, he has obviously put Pajemski right in there. He's got Kaminga in there. Just what's the Kerr feel for young players? Do you think it's developed? Uh, do you think it needs any adjustment? It's um, it's a trust thing. It's a trust thing. And, and you know, people say, you know, it's, it's Steve. He doesn't like to play young players. And there's an, there's an element of truth to that. But – Steve also listens to his vets, you know, and, and so, you know, if the vets are not giving him the right signals about what a young player is doing out there, he's going to take that into consideration. And I used to tell people when they were like, why is Looney out there? And this was a few years ago. Why is Looney out there? He can't do this, can't do that. I said, because the veterans trust him to be in the right place at the right time to do the right thing, not to make the gigantic error. And I said, trust is huge when you have a veteran, <clears throat> excuse me, when you have a veteran team, the young player comes in, if they can trust him, that's huge. If they can't, he ain't going to see the floor very often. And so, I mean, you're talking about postseasons like five years ago, and Looney's out there guarding James Harden on the perimeter at times. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, and, and, you know, doing a decent job, you know, of, of actually coming out like that on a switch. So um, I think with Steve, that's a big part of it. You know, if Draymond and Steph and Clay are like, man, you know, this dude is killing us. He ain't got no shot. <laughs> he ain't got yep. no shot. Yep. But but if they say, yeah, I mean, if they say, look at Pods, man, you see what Pods does out there. And people say, well, why is Pods playing? I said, because he does things, a lot of a variety of things that help the team. And the and the vets trust him. They like him out there. And that is why if you're Steve Kerr, you're like, fuck, the vets like him. the vets love him. Yep. And he's he does so many different things. Pudzemski is a better rebounder than Wiggins or, or Kaminga. No question. And, and you know what? On this team, <clears throat> somebody has to be. If they're going to rebound like that, I mean, Wiggins rebounds, come, it, it comes and goes. 
JK has a, a 10 rebound night and then he might have a three rebound night, you know? So Pajemski is always going to be five to 10 usually in rebounding. And, and for a guy who's six foot four at most, uh, that's pretty impressive. So he fits. And as we know, the, 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 the analytics say that their best five lineup, five man lineup is with BP out there. Mm-hmm. So you got to ride that. And, and so I, I think that tells me that Steve is not anti young guys. He's anti-young guys who aren't ready to contribute on a regular basis. And it doesn't mean that BP is perfect because he's not. But it means that what he does good more than often offsets, you know, his young, his rookie mistakes, which he still makes some of those. But for the most part, he's doing stuff that this team needs. I mean, he's he's get, giving them extra possessions by with his offensive rebounding. And he's giving he's he's giving them extra possessions with his charged drawing. Charge. You know? yep, yep, <laughs> it's like, dude, yep. taking charges. I mean, it's an art, and he does it, and he's doing it at a rate almost like one a game. You know, yep. so um, it, what does that do? Well, that's a turnover for the other team. The ball goes back to you, and the other team just lost a possession. These are helpful things for a team like the Warriors that are trying to find out how good they are, and 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 their margin of error is so tiny now. It's so tiny now that those little things help you uh, when you have a chance to win games. Now, in terms of late games, well, fourth quarter stuff, that hasn't been good. That hasn't been good. But, yeah, I understand. And so with Moody, um, I like when he plays, he generally does good stuff. But occasionally there's the, uh-oh, you know, what's Moses doing here? Um, and it's the same thing we have with Jordan Poole. You know, and Jordan would be spectacular at times. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be times you go like, oh, what is he trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think Steve has come around a little bit, but I think the vets have helped him come around uh, with their um, with their input because, like I said, he does listen to those guys, which he should. I mean, and, and they are the, they're why he has won 500-plus games. So uh, I think Steve is still – yeah, he's reluctant, but I think he's open to the possibility of a young guy coming in and, and making a difference, just like Trace Jackson Davis. You know, he's not always in the rotation, but he gives them a different element and an element that many times they will need. Were you sure that Kerr was going to get re-signed, or were there moments or two where you were wondering if he'd be back <laughs> next season? You know, I mean, not, I think we all – Were you sure? Yeah. I wasn't sure. No, I was yeah. not sure. Now, listen – I assume, like, what are they going to do? You know, put Kenny yeah. Atkinson there. I mean, all respect to Kenny, but it wasn't going to be that way. Uh, yeah. Mike Brown was available. It might be a different conversation. But, yeah, I had some doubts. It sounds like you might have had a few questions, like, you know, how it yeah. how it was going to go. Like, what was the process for that? Uh, explain what you were thinking there. Yeah. Um, I thought, okay, this is year 10 for Steve Kerr, and – you know, there were times this season where I thought, man, this is a grind. This is a grind. Does he want to keep doing this? And I knew I knew he would never say that, no, this is it for me. He was never going to say that. So I thought, just watch him and see what happens, how it plays out. And when they're losing all these games and blowing all these leads, I can see Joe Lickup over there going, <laughs> what are we yeah. doing? Yeah. What are we doing? And then there was the one game. Uh, I think it might have been was it the Sacramento game, maybe. But they lost a huge lead yeah. at home, and uh, Joe showed up at Steve's post game presser, mm-hmm. which is not a routine occurrence. No. 
And I'm like, and then I was told later that not only did he show up, but that before Steve came out, that Joe was in the hallway waiting, sort of, you know, getting antsy, walking around, pacing the floor. Like, when's he coming? <laughs> I'm thinking, whoa, what does this mean? So there has been um, some heat. But like you say, what are you going to do? Because you, you, Steph is going to be 36. Draymond and Clay, 34. Okay, let's let's bring in a new coach now. Yep. yep. Let's do <laughs> so, some different things. Yeah, let's do yes, some different things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So on balance, you ride with Steve because you've got these guys. If you commit to Steph and Draymond and, and Clay, you got to commit to Steve, I think. And I think even though you're disappointed at times with the way games end, or maybe the rotations, the way a game goes, the way the game is managed, I think in the end, this is the best option. You know, that way now you've lined up Steve with Draymond and Steph. And again, I still think they will find a way to get, bring Clay back because he wants it. And so if you're able to do that, then as Steph says, let's ride it until we show we and until it's proven we can't do it anymore. Yep. So and I get it. Uh, but yeah, I was, there were times this season where I was going, does Steve even want more of this? Hmm. And then there were times where I was going, does the, do the Warriors want more of Steve? You know, I wasn't sure. And we've known, you know, there have been, Championship coaches who've gotten axed within a year or two of winning a championship. We've yeah. seen that before in the NBA. So, but yeah, I think cooler heads prevailed and, um, and common sense, you know, it's like, look at the roster. Do you really want to bring in a, a new coach with a new system and new who's, and, and if you're going to bring in a new coach in the NBA, usually that means he's going to be almost the polar opposite of the previous guy. Hmm. You want a new look, a different look. You want a fresh, you want something different. And, I just don't see Steph and Draymond responding well to that. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. guy comes in and says, okay, we're going to do this now. Here's what we're going to do it. And they'd be like, dude, how many championships you won? <laughs> yeah, no question. So, <clears throat> no question. You yeah. know, and I'll, I'll, we'll argue this side that, you know, while I think Steve is, you know, not active enough getting the young guys in there, he sticks with, with the older veterans so long and he takes so much heat for them. They can't argue with them when he moves them out. Like it gets right. to that point where what's Clay going to say? Kerr got yelled at for a month and a half waiting for me, probably by people including have the last name Lakeb. Uh, <laughs> and so if he's and maybe not probably, and if he's <laughs> deciding after all this time and he's deciding I have to go and start lamb, I can't say that I didn't get the chance, right? I didn't say that he never, you know, banked on me. He had Clay's back for a long time on this. Clay doesn't have to be loving it he doesn't have to be embracing it but he can say like the coach was behind me and it just didn't work out and we're gonna go another way and if it doesn't work out that way we'll try back this way same for wiggins same for looney you know looney is being dialed out of a lot of things right now but kerr stuck with them so you can say and uh, i have said it that if you do it this way you can't always stick with the veterans but if you do it for a long time and you get heat for it they can't argue they can't push back a lot logically if say you know what i tried and i tried and i tried and i tried and i gotta go another direction and i don't know if that's on purpose it's partly on purpose by kerr but it's <laughs> it is the effect of a lot of this now you got to do it you know at yeah. some point you got to move to the young guys but the, the effect of this is the veterans can't just go throw up their arms and say you didn't believe in me because the coach did yeah and i think for clay um it, it helps that <clears throat> over the course of this season he has kind of made the adjustment about where he is in his career. 
You know, in training camp, he was talking about wanting to go to the All-Star game. Mm -hmm. I want to be an All-Star again. And at some point during the season, he's like, maybe I can't be that guy anymore. You know, initially he thought he could be. He led the league in three-point shots last year. And Okay, yeah, we got all of that. But in the since October, from October to the end of February here, it's pretty clear that Clay is understanding that he can't be that guy anymore. And as you know, we t- discussed this about two weeks ago on our on my uh, on our um, NBC Sports NBC Sports Bay Area podcast Dubs Talk. Dubs um, Talk. I mean, I get, let me just stop right there because I promise I do that Money Pools podcast. Uh, get it. <laughs> Wherever you can find your podcast, Dubs Talk, and also the pregame and postgame shows, Monty Pool. Let's make sure the host <laughs> of this show says that because the host of this show promised he would. Okay, Monty. I'm sorry Thank that you, you talked to me on that, <laughs> but I want to make sure I got that in. Anything else Monty Pool's doing, I support, I encourage. Go listen to it. Go watch it. Okay, Monty, go <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I mean, uh, and and what I, I what I said on the podcast three or maybe three or four weeks ago is that you know Clay is is he's facing his career mortality. And and Steve Kerr said that about a few days ago. And I remember Kareth Burke, who I do the podcast with sometimes, Kareth turned to me and goes, you know, because that's what it is. You know, you reach a point in your career where it's like you can see the end. You're not there yet, but you can see it. You can begin to see it. And when you begin to see the end of your career, your mentality has to change. You can't have the same goals. You can't have the same – you can't shoot as high. You, you – Aim is high. You, you you then know that okay, there may be some things you have to change. And you're right. Steve stuck with Clay for a long time this year, starting lineup, starting lineup, starting lineup. And at some point, analytics said, "Hey, wait a minute. Your best lineup is not is Clay's not in your best lineup. <laughs> He's not in your best lineup. And the season is a wasting. We can't keep doing this. And so he was totally justified in making that move." And <clears throat> I'd be surprised if it doesn't go the rest of the season, but it's certainly something that you have to try because Clay's skill set, as is right now, is typical for a good six man. You know, and and that you know you don't ask most six men, most six men, you don't say I need you to go out there and lock somebody down, which Clay's defense can't is not what it was, and it can't be what it was. We all know why, but you can't ask your six man, I need some buckets, man. <laughs> go out there and and. Even if Clay is not getting a bunch of buckets, if he's on the floor, the defense has to respect him. So um, you can't just let him shoot open threes like you can Draymond. Even now, Draymond's shooting a high percentage, but teams are like, show us, dude, show us. Yep. If Clay's out there, they're not like, no, we're not going to let you get going. And that's that's important. Again, that's what you saw with guys like Lou Williams, where you knew if Lou Williams came in the, into the game and hit a, got a couple of quick buckets, he could he could go from – four to 26 pretty quickly. And Clay, I think, had that same ability at this stage of his career. So I get that. And you're right. He did stick with him a long time. and um, But he made the change. He stuck with Looney a long time. Made the change. That five-man lineup last year that was the best in the NBA was not that this year. It was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. But part of that was because it wasn't all – Wiggins was horrible early. Yeah. And if if one person in that five-man lineup is horrible, then it all kind of breaks down because uh, Wiggins was horrible early. Clay was struggling early. And when those two things are happening, it's like, well, 
this is not going to be a great lineup because these you got two guys that are important here that are both struggling and and that cost them some games early on but i think steve's make steve's made the adjustment and realizes that yeah um i can i can do this and the other thing about clay's minutes now is it's much more easier to manipulate minutes for a guy off the bench than it is for a guy in a starting lineup typically you know and a night when clay has it going 30 minutes a night when he doesn't maybe 22 minutes you know and if he's in a starting lineup it just has a different feel to it you know if he's starting and playing 22 minutes it's like he's being eased out a little bit but if he's off the bench it's like okay we can go game by game take his temperature see what he's giving us and ride that and let that make the decision for us as to how many minutes he will play on that night all right monty we've talked we can talk on and on and on about a lot of different things not just warriors uh, but we'll save sure. that for another time. Uh, I've taken plenty of your time here. I will end this with a version of a question. I Well, maybe a couple versions of a question <laughs> I have all my guests at the end. First of all, Mike Poole, I wanted to hear, what's your favorite restaurant these days? Well, I got I got to give you two. Go, go. Because I have to shout out my friends at the House of Prime Rib. Oh, yeah. I've been there with you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I love that place, and they're always nice to me. They're always good to me. Um <clears throat> And so got to give them some love because they are, it's a phenomenal restaurant. And um, the, if you like beef, it's hard to go wrong there. <laughs> Absolutely. And the other one is one that I've been going to for a million years. Um, and I haven't been super recently, but it's always in my back pocket to get back over there. And that's the hotel Mac okay. uh, in point Richmond, which <clears throat> is it's been there for at least 40 years. And uh, they're under new ownership, new management. Now, I haven't been back since the new management has taken over, but I have a friend who's been there, and it was very good. I said, okay. <clears throat> and the great thing about the Hotel Mac is you can have a private dinner there. Hmm. They have a wine cellar with one table, hmm. one table that can accommodate as many as maybe six people comfortably. But uh, if you want to have dinner just with two people, get the wine. So they have two seatings a night in the wine cellar and you're literally in their wine cellar. Wow. And you don't see anyone else other than the person you're with. And, and, except for when the wait person, whenever the, the wait person comes over, comes down to see you because you're below and they'll come down and, and check on you and take your order and everything. But other than that, they disappear. You can hear the noise of the bar, which is just, the, just outside the wine cellar, but it's a great restaurant for a private dinner. And I think of the, of the 25 times I've been there, Probably twenty of those times we're we're in wow. the wine cellar. It's pretty awesome. The the money table, the money seating. You, 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 I, I like the money seating, please. Okay, okay, we will do that. Yes, sir. I know money. Get get you in there. Excellent. Uh, okay, one more uh, money pool. What's your favorite movie these days, or what kind of movie could you recommend? To Dude, us? man, I haven't seen a whole movie hmm. this season. Yeah, this season. I tend to take bite-sized sh- stuff. You know, I, I watched, you know, like The Daily Show or, you know, John Oliver. <laughs> you know, yeah. I watched that stuff uh, because I can watch that in 30 minutes or so, you know, uh, and and and, be, and move on. But favorite movie lately, I can't, I can't give you that because my favorite movies are movies I've seen and most of oh, them are. Old one. Give it old one. Old one's good. Oh, my favorite movie of all gives time. me gun- Yep. Favorite movie of all time is easy. In the heat of the night, mm. Sidney Poitier was 
one of the best actors ever. And um, in that movie, I mean, I can still watch it today, and it must be 50 years old. Yeah, yeah very, <laughs> and, contem- and, um, very contemporary mood to that. Yep. Yeah. And and so, you know, it's one of those things where the, 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 the issues that were in that movie that were on scene there and the, the racial tension that was there still exists, still yeah, exists. Right. You know, you have a black cop from the north going to the south, dealing with old school southern cops. It's you know that that's in 2024. That ain't the most comfortable situation still. Yeah, yeah. But but the way that that movie portrayed him, his character Virgil Tibbs, um, and and his unflinching uh, his portrayal of a guy who would not take any bunk from anybody, didn't care who you were, you know, the most powerful man in the town who was crooked, and he. He figured out that the guy was crooked. And when the guy challenged him, you know, as if he were an inferior person, his response, the guy slapped him. Mm-hmm. This guy, the guy slapped him, and his response was not to turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he slapped him right back. I'm like, yep. whoa. You know, yep. and historic mo- historic moment in yeah, historic moment in cinema. Just, that was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just he just hit this powerful white man. And, and I remember the guy that he hit. Indicott turns to the sheriff and says, are you going to do something? <laughs> you know, and in his Rod Steiger, the sheriff says, like what? <laughs> you know, and so uh, it's just one of those powerful scenes in a powerful movie. And so anytime it's on, it's hard for me not to watch it. Just like Training Day with Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one not to watch. But I can I can miss some of that, but I got to watch the last 15 minutes. Monty P, we can talk on and on and on. Uh, yes. I appreciate, I've taken you eight minutes longer than I said I would. So it's all good. Uh, we'll cut this off here. But we'll, uh, Monty P and I have a conversation that just continues on and on. Sometimes it's on a podcast, <laughs> sometimes it's not. But Dubs Talk, NBC Sports Bay Area podcast. Get it where you get your podcast. I want to make sure I want to say that. So, Monty P, yes, thank sir. you so much for coming on. As always, great, great conversation. Thanks for having me, man. Be seeing you all soon, right. as always. Way to go. Money Pete. Money pull, everybody. That's the show for today. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 